again invite you to turn to the book of Job, chapter 1. We are beginning today a series on the subject of suffering. Um, You can't deal with the subject of suffering without having your mind go to the book of Job. But the subject of suffering is a very prominent subject. It has been throughout all of history. Mankind has (coughs) dealt with various philosophies of how do you deal with suffering, how do you handle suffering, how do you explain suffering, and um, Buddha suffered some things early in his life and pursued some solution to it, and his conclusion was, we suffer because we have desires, so we need to kill our desires. The problem is you have to desire to kill your desires. So that presents a problem, doesn't it? Um, Hindus' answer for suffering is yoga. And and I'm not going to chase down that. Um, As Erwin Lutzer said, I heard him say, I don't want to scare up more rabbits than I can shoot this morning, all right? But but it is their answer is to zone out and become nothing and and ignore. And the danger with all that is, is you open yourself up to all kinds of evil influences. Islam says you do not ask about suffering, you just submit. You, you don't even ask why. You just submit. And Islam means submit. Uh, science comes to the conclusion, postmodernism, that there is no rhyme or reason to suffering. And really, there is no rhyme or reason to life that we're all just kind of by chance. This is here, and by chance, some are... They would say lucky and others are not. You've probably heard some people say, if I didn't have bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck, right? Well, that's probably a a postmodern viewpoint. And, And so we want to come and see from a biblical perspective, what does God say about suffering? In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, he says, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. So it is, he wants us to, to seek him, to seek his perspective. And um, he gives us many, many things um, that we will be looking at, Lord willing, in, in the next weeks in regard to this. Job also said in Job 14 in verse 1, Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. 
And right here today, um, there are all kinds of representatives of suffering. Many of you have suffered many things beyond what others have. Many of you have suffered things that no one else has even known about. And most here today are, are suffering from something or another, or we know someone that is currently suffering, or you can rest in the fact <clears throat> there will be suffering in your life because, as we'll get in and look at it, God said uh, man is a few days and full of trouble. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> I know that suffering will come in, in my life, <clears throat> and I want to try to see it from God's perspective. I want to be able to respond. I, I am not starting this series <clears throat> at all with any visions in my head that I am an expert on suffering. As I've said, there are many of you that have suffered much more than I have. And, and so my purpose is not I'm an expert on suffering. The only authority I have is the Word of God. That's the only authority we have on whatever subject we speak. We've been married nearly 45 years. That doesn't make me an authority on marriage. The only authority I have when I speak about marriage or when you speak about marriage is what God's Word says. And so... When it comes to suffering, um, we have to go to God's Word. <clears throat> you know, God in His providence <clears throat> planted truths about m all the things that we need for life throughout all of Scripture. And we're not able to say... Turn to the first book of marriage because he teaches principles about marriage throughout Scripture. In the same manner, we're not able to say, turn to first suffering chapter 1 and verse 1. Because, really, the whole Bible addresses it and gives examples of people that responded well, people that did not respond well. And so we want to look at Scripture. We want to gather truths from God's perspective, see how they apply to us. So we ask, what is suffering? What does it mean to suffer? So I again went to my Noah Webster 1828 dictionary. And no, I don't have one that was printed in 1828. But now it's on a computer, and you can have it too, okay? You can just go download it. But he said, suffering, the bearing of pain, inconvenience or loss, pain endured, distress, loss or injury incur uh, incurred, as suffering by pain or sorrow, suffering by wants or by wrongs. 
So he gave a, a lengthy definition. And in, in study for this, Elizabeth Elliot, who has suffered much in her life, her husband, first husband, was martyred as a missionary in Ecuador. She has buried three husbands in her life. She has suffered many, many, many heavy, heavy burdens in her life. And her definition is a very simple one. This is her definition. Suffering is having what you don't want or wanting what you don't have. Suffering is having what you don't want or wanting what you don't have. Now that, that puts suffering on a broad spectrum. You may say, I didn't want it to rain today, but it's raining today. Is that suffering? Well, probably not in the grand scope of things, but it's interrupting our plans. And suffering is having what we don't want. I mean, when adverse news suddenly breaks upon your life, it's like, I did not want this. I, I would not have ordered this. And it involves suffering. Suffering isn't always just physical pain. It can be mental, it can be emotional, it can be financial. And suffering is something that every one of us in life have to deal with because suffering is universal. Suffering is a universal experience of every human being. As we mentioned earlier, either you are suffering now or you will be suffering or you know someone who is suffering. And you may be suffering now from many different things. It may be suffering in a relationship. It may be suffering from physical ailments. It may be suffering financially. It may be suffering from just pressure that has come upon your life. And we could go on suffering sorrow. Bill Hansen is, is suffering the sorrow of the loss of, of his mate and teammate and partner. And, and there are many, many different aspects of suffering because we all live in a sin-cursed world and because of sin, things don't just go the way we want them to go. And not only do they not go the way we want them to go, things break down, things fall apart, things wear out physically. Um, some of what may be some of the motivation behind this is I've, had, I've observed and I've had enough older people tell me the golden years aren't all that golden, all right? And that it involves suffering. No matter what, somewhere along the line, 
As believers, we have to develop a biblical view of suffering because suffering is universal. Because of sin, there is suffering. And because of my evil heart, there is suffering. You take my evil heart and your evil heart and you put it in a sin-cursed world and that is the recipe for suffering. Right there, you have the recipe for pain. You have the recipe for suffering. You have the recipe for um, difficulty. You have the recipe for trouble. And that's the world that we live in. That's where we are. So the question is not, will I suffer? The question is, when will I suffer? How much will I suffer? And will I honor God in my suffering? If you never want to suffer, be very careful in your life to never love anything or anyone. Because when you love anything or anyone, you are opening yourself up for suffering. And, and it is important for us to understand that's not a good option, not loving anyone, because we all love ourselves, and that sets us up for suffering. Because the world is never going to all get on your program and bow down to you and make sure everything goes your way. I mean, it just doesn't happen. And so that means um, when you go to Baumgars and the line is long and you're in a hurry and the person at the counter is messing with coupons and he's an old geezer and it's on his phone and he doesn't know how to get it off his phone for them to use it and you're in a hurry and you're thinking, good night, why don't they call for someone? And they call for someone to come help and no one comes. So five minutes later, we, we still need help up here at the front. And you're thinking, come on. Don't they know my life is more important than the rest? And really, we don't say that, but I'm in a hurry. I don't have time for this. And because we love self so much, we want everything to go according to our plan, and as you well know now, things don't go according to plan. But then there comes adverse circumstances in life. We, we read about Job. I mean, this is the epitome of suffering. Job was a righteous man. And... Satan said, the only reason Job loves you, God, is because you've blessed him. I mean, look at his life. You've put a wall of protection about him. He's rich. Everything's going his way. Why wouldn't he love you? But you, you go mess with him, and you'll find out he really doesn't love you. He just loves your blessings. And so, as we've read and you're familiar with, God gave Satan the opportunity to mess with Job's life. And four different major, major catastrophes 
that none of us have ever experienced even one of these, but all four of these came into his life, and, and we and Job would be prone to ask, why do bad things happen to good people? And Job pursued asking that. A better question is, why do bad things happen to everybody? Because that's how it is in life. We are fallen people living in a fallen world, and that means we have to deal with difficulty, pain, trouble, and suffering. So we ask, why do these things happen? And it's across the board. There hasn't been anyone that's lived that has not suffered, including and preeminently Jesus Christ. So when you start looking at suffering, you begin to see suffering is a mystery. Suffering is a mystery that none of us are capable of fully understanding. I mean... Job's friends tried to explain why this happened to Job, but, but God rebuked them and said, you're missing the boat. And, and it is a mystery. Why does this person that seems to be trying to obey God and do what God wants, and, and this catastrophe comes into their life, and here's someone else that is godless, could care less, and it appears as though... Wow, everything they touch prospers. It, it indeed is a mystery. And God, as you begin to see in life, God has set up the universe in a way that the human mind cannot comprehend the workings of God. We can't comprehend how it all operates. We can't comprehend uh, sound waves or electromagnetic waves. We, there is so much with all our advanced technology, there's so much that we do not understand. And as he said, Paul said in Romans 11, how unsearchable are his ways and his ways are past finding out. So we say suffering is a mystery, meaning that we may not be able to point to every reason why suffering has come, to a specific reason. We often ask, why me? Or, why now? This is the worst possible time for this to happen. And... A year from now, I'd been a little better to handle this. And, and if God loves me, why is this happening to me? I'll not ask for a raise of hands, but the majority of us here today have asked similar questions. Even to the point, is God even paying attention and, it, and it's easy for us to get, I'm just one of seven billion people on the face of the earth, and, and this which is major in my life is going on, but you know what? 
I don't even know if God's even paying attention. And if He is, why doesn't He do something about it? These are all questions that we have, that Job had. And God answered Job's mystery not by giving him answers, but He answers Job's mystery with the mystery of Himself. You look at Job... And you look at the book of Job and read through it, and he never gave a specific answer why this was happening, but he presented himself to Job. We'll come back to that. There, if you are seeking for a, an intellectual explanation and understanding of suffering that, that makes it all, oh, okay, I get it now. God doesn't promise to give us that, but He promises in the midst of suffering to give us Himself. And Christ is all I need. So, there will be many questions, as with Job, many questions left unanswered. But we have to realize suffering is never for nothing. We will, we will get to this in just a little bit, but God always has purposes in suffering. And in our study, today we're going to list two purposes, and in our study we will look at more purposes that God may have in suffering to help us have these in our armor. So when we're going through the midst of a valley, a dark night, that we can... Seek God's mind. God, what is it that you have in store for me? But God always has a purpose. God always uses suffering in our lives. Elizabeth Elliot also said again, The deepest things I learned in my own life have come from the deepest suffering. Out of the hottest fires and the deepest waters have come the deepest things that I know about God. Notice, learning, knowing about God. The greatest gifts in my life have also entailed the greatest suffering. Now, by nature, we pray that we would not have suffering. By nature, I mean... None of us are standing to be first in line, the line of suffering. Yep, I'm ready. Bring on the suffering. No. But it's something that can't be avoided. And it's something that is not just willy-nilly. It's not just happen chance. It's not, wow, they're lucky and I'm not lucky. And God, God must have something against me because I'm not able to do this or... Or whatever it is. It's important for us to realize suffering is spiritual warfare. Suffering will test what we believe about God more than anything else. And it comes down to what we truly believe about God. Not feel, not think, not what someone else has told us. It it puts it in the fire what we truly believe and it purifies. 
And it brings us to a greater understanding of Him. But it, it brings us to the reality that this is spiritual warfare. Job 1 shows that it's spiritual warfare. Satan came and said, yeah, he only trusts you because you're good to him. And God allowed him permission to completely disrupt and turn over his life in every area. And it shows that it involves vertical as well as horizontal. And in order for us to survive and be successful in the horizontal suffering of this life, we must be connected vertically. There is no way to suffer victoriously without the power of God. It, it is directly related. And Satan wants to cut off your relationship with God. And so in the midst of suffering... That is a real test. If God loved me, He wouldn't allow this to come to me. And so, I'm, I'm not going to Him. And that's exactly what Satan wants in the midst of, of dark suffering is for us to be bitter at God and angry at God and to go away from God because then there is no hope for us. And so... It comes back, and the real test is, I don't feel it, I don't know it, I don't see how it will be, but this is what God's Word says about God, and God, I am clinging to You and Your Word. And everything about you may be saying, that's not true. People around you may be saying, like Job's wife, curse God and die, but no. What do I really believe about God? And, and we really can't wait until we're in the midst of that for us then to figure out what we believe about God. That's why your personal walk with God is so important. And it's not just reading the Bible for the sake of reading it. I want to know God. So we want to look today at two purposes that are kind of foundational. Really, the other purposes will fall on, in line under these. But C.S. Lewis, a, a quote you're, I'm sure, have heard many times, said, pain insists upon being attended to. When there's pain, it insists on being attended to. He goes on and he says, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our, con in our consciences, but He shouts in our pains. It is His megaphone to rouse a deaf world. He's saying pain is a way God speaks to us. And pain insists on being attended to. When you smash your hand, the pain insists, insists on being attended to. Your whole body comes to the aid. 
Your other hand grabs it. You start hopping around. You know, you're, you're shouting, out, Ah, man, oh, man. Let alone if it's a more serious pain. Pain demands attention. It is a, I don't even know what the name of the disease is, but a disease where people cannot feel pain is a very, very dangerous because they can lay their hand on a hot stove and not even feel it. They can cut their leg off and not even feel it. So pain demands attention and God uses pain to speak to us. And the first purpose that He uses in our life that we'll look at this morning is He uses it to reveal self. To reveal to us our true heart. It redefines who we think we are and what we thought our walk with God is like. It is easy for us and... And in your study tonight, as we go through that, he'll, he talks about this in more detail. We all like to be independent and self-governing. I can do it my way. I can handle things. I can do it. And suffering exposes the delusion that we are self governing, self-autonomous, that we are self-sufficient. If we had the power to run our lives, we wouldn't be having this suffering that we're, we're in right now. We'd, we'd say, no, I'm not having that. But it shows us, I did not have the power to stop this from coming into my life. I guess I... I don't have control over very much, do I? And it reveals to us, not only that, it reveals our insufficiency, but it it reveals our heart that is many times rebellious against God. And, And it reveals that often our heart just naturally springs into this, I don't know why God did this to me, and... And turning against God, it reveals our weaknesses and the limitations that we have. It reveals how fickle our love for God often is. James said, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. That's how fickle we are. We can bless God and then when suffering comes into our life, then we're turning against God. We have evil thoughts about Him. And I don't know why I have to bear this. They're not, and they're not as good as I am. So He uses it in our lives to reveal our true heart. And secondly, He uses it to reveal God. And, and we mentioned this is spiritual warfare and God wants to reveal Himself to us. And the battles of lies and truth are, are perpetual in our mind and especially in times of suffering. And, and lies of Satan. You have been singled out by God. God's, God's picking on you. 
You're not one of God's favorites. Where is your God now? He is a God afar off. God has forgotten about you. God's holding it against you. And those are the battles that take place. And we have to come back to what God's Word says. And we have to understand that God never turns a deaf ear or mocks or rejects a sufferer. That God's ears are open. He says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You go throughout Scripture and and it presents a God who is empathetic, a God who understands, a God who cares, a God who invites us to come to Him for help, and a God who promises to one day end all suffering for His children. That's the God that we serve and know And the God of the Bible. So, it is important for us to understand in the darkness is a time when we often see God as we never would see Him in any other time. He doesn't paint a picture as many do. You follow me and everything will go well for you. God gives an authentic picture. You follow me and it's spiritual warfare. And in spiritual warfare there are battles. And there is pain. And you have an enemy. And there is suffering. And we live in a sin-cursed world. But he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he, he doesn't just paint a picture of suffering and leave it there. He then gives the hope. Joy is not the absence of suffering. See, in, in many of our thinking is, boy, I would have joy if I could eliminate this suffering. And there are some sufferings that are permanent in our lives. Paul had the thorn of the flesh, and we may, as we go on in our series, deal with that. God says, no, I'm not going to remove that from you. Because it's producing fruit. Joy is not the absence of suffering, but it's the presence of God. It is knowing the presence of God. And and it is understanding, it is through this that God reveals Himself to us. And we go back to Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23. Don't let the rich man glory in his riches... Or the wise man glory in his wisdom. Or the strong man glory in his strength. Or we could add, or the man that everything's going well in his life and has no suffering. Don't let him glory in peace and prosperity. But he says, this is what you glory in, that you know God. And God uses suffering to help us to come to know Him. We have the opportunity We can either run to Him or run away from Him. And God wants us to know that He alone is our greatest treasure 
And walking with Him is our greatest joy. And so He will often allow us to go into valleys where we can't even walk. And He has to carry us so that we come to know that He is our greatest joy. And that more important to me than health or wealth or prosperity or life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, more important to me, I have to have God. And that's what Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. No matter what happens, I want Him to be magnified in my life, whether it be by life or whether it be by death. So, it's His presence, and we'll get into this more as we go through through the series. But it's important for us to understand that you can't avoid you can't avoid suffering, and really that shouldn't be our prayer. Lord, help everything just to go perfect that I don't have to suffer. I'm not saying you need to pray for suffering. I'm not saying you shouldn't ask God's blessing. But we need to understand it's not my will, but it's yours, Lord. And God, in the midst of this suffering, whether it's great, severe suffering, or whether it may be a suffering that we're wrestling with that we're almost ashamed to tell others that we're suffering with this. Whatever it is, God's trying to reveal ourselves and Himself to us. And we need to come to realize that our suffering will either be temporary or eternal depending on what we do with Jesus Christ. To say God is going to end all suffering, that's not true. Any person that rejects Jesus Christ, they will bear suffering for all eternity. Separated from God, separated from His presence in the lake of fire, and there will be suffering for all eternity. But to everyone who has turned from their sin and called upon Jesus Christ to forgive our sins, we can look forward to suffering will end. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more curse. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more penalty for sin. <clears throat> we will be in the presence of God, and God will wipe away all tears from our eyes and all suffering will end to believers in Jesus Christ. That ought to make us say amen. That ought to make, I mean, in, There are great, great burdens on our lives. But the day is going to come when those burdens will be completely banished and removed. And all suffering will end for believers. But all suffering will not end for those that reject Jesus Christ. Everything comes down to what we do with Jesus Christ. And it's important for us to understand that and realize that and drive us to the cross. 
and drive us to the heart of Jesus, not only for forgiveness of sins, but then for grace and wisdom and power to bear up and honor Him in this life that is full of suffering. In this life that is sin-cursed and my evil heart turns to the wrong, my only hope is God. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would help us to understand Your heart. And Lord, I know the battle rages daily and moment by moment in our lives as Satan seeks to malign and slander You and Your character And often, looking at you through the circumstances of our life, it could look like the lies of Satan are true. That it can look like at times that you've forgotten about us. It can look like there is no hope. It can look like you don't care about us. But Lord, thank you that that is not true. Thank You that Your Word is true and that You love us with an everlasting love that nothing can separate us from the love of You. And Lord, I pray that we would have a passion for You that would cause us in the midst of good times and bad to pursue You as never before. Lord, that we would cling to the promises of Your Word. That we would come to know how much You do love us. That we'd come to know Your heart, Your hatred for sin, and and Your commitment to holiness. That we'd know Your power. And Lord, that we truly would trust You. Lord, I have no idea the suffering that people may be even today be bearing, perhaps that no one else knows about. Lord, I pray that it would drive us to the heart of You and that we would learn some of the most rich and precious truths of You in the midst of our suffering. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.